Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 117 with Cutco Vector's number one manager in new business for 2020, Danny Lewis. Danny's story is so inspiring because his success has not been a straight line, but rather has come through a series of challenges and difficulties. In this short snippet, Danny describes his humble beginnings with Cutco Vector, some of the challenges he has overcome, and the mindset he developed as he grew up in the business. He offers sage advice for the newer manager who hasn't yet achieved the success that he or she might want, and he really captures what helped him have his best year ever in 2020. Through this short segment, you'll gain insights that can help you overcome whatever challenges lie in front of you right now. One of Danny's star pupils in the Vector business was Silver Cup branch manager Colton Horn. Now a graduate of Northwestern University, Colton has founded and created Brain Fuel, a new cerebral beverage that's been scientifically designed to help ambitious, hardworking top achievers like you to increase alertness, sharpen decision making, and prolong mental focus. Brain Fuel is spelled uniquely because it is unique. It's B R E I N F U E L. Go to brainfuel.com to check it out. And if you use the code CLSK when you check out, you'll get 35% off your first order. You can see all our sponsors at changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. Enjoy this flashback segment from Danny Lewis. And for more on Danny's techniques for success with recruiting and productivity, be sure to revisit the full episode number 117. Let's hear about some of your experiences, you know, as a rep, as in the early years, what were some of the experiences you had and the lessons that you feel, you know, came out of those experiences? Sure. So my story with Cutco, what I think is maybe most interesting is I was never the best at anything. There's a couple of different roads you can take. I just wasn't great at the beginning. So I was a very average rep. My first summer, I sold 9,500 bucks with a Cutco. I made 1800 bucks, which was still, that was a lot of money back then. And my second summer, I came back as a part-time assistant manager. Again, I was a pretty average person. I think one of the things I've been really lucky with is that I've had people who believed in me. And maybe that's one of the biggest lessons. Uh, genuinely, I had people who believed in me much more than I believed in myself. I think that that can be a very common trait for a lot of young people. And for some people, what they do is they, they take that belief and they just they put it into them and they, they develop the belief. Whereas others, I'm not sure they ever do. I think other people 
continue to have that lack of belief in themselves. And if they succeed at something, they attribute that to luck or some sort of temporary circumstance. And to have long-term success, you have to make sure that your belief in self is constantly growing. How do you feel like your belief in self has evolved over the years? Okay. So what I have found is that I genuinely was lucky enough to have people believe in me. But I think the biggest thing I did is I would listen to what they would encourage me to do, whether it was when I was a rep and my branch manager, Brian Promberg, many years ago, or as a brand new branch manager. And, you know, I was working with Chef Bry or Mike Muriel as a new DM, or they just would give me guidance. And then I just would execute and listen to what they said. And I think when you are willing to listen, to the people that you really respect and you start to get better results and create habits and rituals of success, you begin to like put together little bits of confidence that become stronger and stronger. Take us into the you know moments of difficulty or challenge that stand out for you. And, and let's talk about some of the things that some of the good that came out of those experiences. Okay, sure. I'd be happy to share. All right. So when I was a new DM, my first 28 months, that's like the first three summers in a row, I had what I would say is tremendously subpower results. And I remember at the end of my third year as a district manager, where we were, I mean, we were just from a mathematical standpoint, we were failing miserably. I mean, there was, there was no you know, sexy way to say it. We just weren't good. One of the things I realized is in times of struggle, what I wasn't doing is I wasn't reaching out. I wasn't asking for help. I was like, quote unquote, too scared to call my manager mm-hmm. because I was like ashamed or I felt like a failure or I felt like I wasn't contributing. I remember when I was uh, a brand new, I think I was a branch manager and I was the worst branch in our division my first year. And our division won the silver cup. And they were, you know, the division manager at the time was like, ah, everyone contributed. And I felt like, but I didn't do anything in my lousy 32,000 was not going to make the difference of whether or not we won the silver cup because we were the best division. And the things that have allowed me to be successful, I think the opposite is true of the things in which I really struggled. And when I got away from reaching out, when I got away from just remembering quote unquote, who I really am, when I doubted my self-image, when I doubted my self-confidence, which by the way, I, you know, I can understand it's really easy to do when things are not going the way you want. But whatever you focus on is going to grow and expand. So if you focus on problems, you know, you're going to be really amazing attracting a lot of problems to you. And if you focus on the results that you want, you're going to be really great at attracting the results and the things that you desire. So those are the lessons, Dan, I, I, I think I've learned is like, if you want to not do well, great, don't reach out. If you want to not do well, great, don't ask for help. If you want to not do well, great, stop asking questions or ask really lousy questions because you're going to get really lousy results. Yeah. What was the mindset that made you isolate yourself when you were struggling? Like, did you feel like you were, you'd bother people if you were asking for help? That Yeah, I think I was just ashamed. I mean, Dan, I mean, the bottom line is, you know, probably being the oldest of four and, and feeling like, you know, I had to pay my way through school and just, you know, my family didn't come from a, a significant you know, amount of wealthy background. My dad was really sick. It wasn't his fault that he had MS since I was like nine. So he was in a wheelchair since I was 12. I think I just had a scarcity mindset. So when, when I go back and I kind of look at my life, I think some of the things that really shaped me in a negative way is I just didn't have the self-confidence that in other words, like 
I question whether I was worth it and whether I was like worth enough. And did I really quote unquote deserve the success? Cause I would, you know, it was like somewhat habitual that I would reach a certain like level of success or accomplishment. And, but I wouldn't like go to the next level because maybe I was like, quote unquote, too scared of becoming successful or quote, like uh, what would it take? So it was, it was just a scarcity mindset. And I didn't invest in this time to have the self image that, no, I really do deserve this. And I failed to look Dan at the, the benefit of what can be created when you are reaching quote unquote, like your full potential. And when the impact that you can really make on others when you are really performing at the level that you can and service those people in such a, a more effective manner. So, mm, yeah, it, you know, so much good can come out of when we're performing at our best that is way beyond our own benefit. There is so much benefit to our circle of influence, to the people who watch us and observe us, to our kids, our reps, our friends when we're doing well. And, it, and it, it, I think it just bears repeating to our audience today to, to think about and consider as you overcome your own challenges that you're not just helping yourself, but you're helping so many other people to do that also. How would you address a manager that just hasn't had great success or they don't have a track record of creating top reps? And they've struggled a little bit with that. You know, how does that person pick themselves up to be able to have that belief and conviction that they can develop a team like you are? The question I would start with is what is it that you want? Mm. What is the vision that you have for your organization? And what I mean by that, what is the vision that you want for the people that you are leading and the people that you're serving? And if you can start with what you want for those representatives, then I think things flow very easily. I love that. What do you want question? Because, you know, if anybody starts thinking about where they're at now, what their challenges are now, their focus is not taking them upwards. Their focus is sort of keeping them where they are. But to just stop and erase all of that and to say, well, what do I want? Right? What do I want from this job? What do I want from my team that I'm building? What do I want in my life? And then, Dan, if I could add something to that, it's like after you think about what is it you want, I think you said something very powerful, making a decision. The terminology that I learned from a coach that I have is that he said, instead of just making a decision, make a committed decision. Mm -hmm. There's the difference between making a decision and a committed decision, because when you make a committed decision, in other words, that there's no other options, you know, quote unquote, like the universe or whatever you choose to believe, is going to conspire to assist you and help you accomplish the goals and dreams that you want. And when you go back to like the new manager who is like learning how to build something, I would ask, what is it that you want? Okay, make a committed decision. And then who do you want to build that business with? Who are the people that you're inspired to work with? Who are the people that you wake up and you're like, this is one of the reasons why I want to work because they deserve it. And then the other big lesson is just smile. So if somebody said, what's the biggest difference in 2020 versus 2019, I'm smiling a lot more, whether it's on Zoom or talking to a rep, I'm really working on smiling, just having fun and enjoying the moment. What are you most excited about for the future, Danny? The people who I'm serving and working with, what I am really excited about is these amazing human beings that we have this year to help them finish the summer the right way, right? Ending on a yes, inducting them into our leadership academy and helping them 
to really elevate their life to the next level, whatever that level might be. We're so lucky to work in a company where people actually care so very much more about the human being. And because I think the quote is, if you treat a person as they are, they're going to stay as they are. But if you treat a person as what they ought to become and could become, they will become what they ought to become and what they could become. And, you know, one of the greatest lessons is, you know, many years ago, people believed in me. And, you know, I think Jeff Bryan, I think Mike Muriel, and I think Rich Plaskin. And the journey has been a lot of fun. And I'm very lucky. I have a wonderful wife. I have two amazing kids. I work with a great company. I'm healthy. And I work in a, in a place, in an environment where people are inspire me to be a better version of me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.